0: Focus. Hello there to you, it's Troy Stockton aboard, yes, here we go with another Rural Focus podcast, if it's happening in agriculture, aquaculture or even in horticultural circles, we do do our best to bring it to you. Hopefully, you're going along nicely. Hey, very soon, it's not just the blokes who are busy on the farms at the moment, their ladies are as well. And very soon this morning, we're going to catch in with General Board Member with Women in Farming, Laura Carla. Yes, Laura's going to join us because it is all hands on deck at this time of year pretty much all times during the year, but we'll find out more from Laura very soon this morning. Uh, also on today's show, how did the Muche cattle sale go? We'll find out very soon. We'll catch in with Nutrient Livestock's very own Craig Walker. But, well, with harvest starting to get going here in regional WA, some farmers are also speaking about, well, their summer crops. I caught up with Stu McKenzie because, well, he chatted with a few people around regional WA on this
1: already been having a bit of a look around and speaking to a number of growers over the last kind of week to ten days and one of the common themes of conversation seems to be is okay, we've had a fair amount of rain, which is going to give us a fair amount of excess moisture coming in, Not obviously what has been a very wet harvest so far, but into this into the lead up of twenty twenty three. So the ideas of summer cropping and, and stitching into the summer pastures is becoming a lot more prevalent. So whether you're looking for your traditional legume based Summer crops are your millets, your lab labs, your your sorghums, etc. Sunnies are a fantastic opportunity. But not only that, ditching in a summer hay crop or a summer wheat crop Um, or something as a break crop that you wouldn't normally do. With the amount of moisture that's going on, and clearly we seem to have lost a season, I think autumn. Mm, um, I don't think autumn really exists anymore, (laughs) ladies and gents. And someone did say to me the other day that what's been happening up north is now happening down here. So they've gone from a wet and dry season, funnily enough, so have we, and they're going into more of a three-season kind of year, which is that winter, summer, spring. So if we take a look at what they're doing up north, Mm. when there is moisture present, sticking in something which is a bit more... Salt tolerant, particularly for down here. So a barley okay. isn't a bad idea, and just yep. running it as a as a mixed fodder crop for either feed or pushing through to hay later on. So look for more information on these on on these very on these different ideas of summer cropping and what you can and can't put in, or what you might like to try. Hit your agro up, or you know if you if you want to if you want to give me a chat, my number's floating around. Yep. let's have a chat and see what we can work out because I think we've got we've got a great opportunity with excess moisture in the profile and yep. with what's looking like to be quite a damp six to eight months in front of us. So utilising what's there, but also giving yourselves the opportunity to either have another cash crop or making sure that we've got enough feed coming into what could be a dry well, dry start of the year next year. So a bit of food for thought. So you reckon barley? Well, see barley's a scavenger plant, so yeah. therefore it loves the, it'll grow anywhere and doesn't mind a bit of wet feet. So it'll obviously okay. depend on the variety. Probably don't want to look at Planet or Rosalind as a short season variety, but there's certainly a, a number of other choices. And if you've got some seeds sitting in the shed, sitting in the shed, you might as well utilise it. So barley straw, you know, oats, I probably wouldn't do a brassica Unless you're going to do collies or broccoli or something that you can green manure in or brown manure in. But the other side of it is once you desiccate that crop and either push it to hay or or turn it in, you're creating humus moving forward, which is obviously that carbon implant is what we've been talking about for a long, long time here on Rural Focus.
0: Mate, what are you hearing about the Tier 3 railway?
1: Uh, I read a Safiotti. You've got you' either gotta like the woman or dislike her. <laughs> 2020 September the strategic plan was supposed to come out and uh, all that all that documentation was was due and yet here we are end of 2022 and we still haven't seen anything moving into 2023. I was reading this morning with the increased increased amount of trucks on our road, particularly on our grain roads. You know, it was something like nearly $500 million to upgrade the the various Tier 3 lines. We've already got freight coming into Perth. We've already got freight coming into Albany. We've got trains running down here. It's just an extension of what's already there. So we either... Our state government and, and ARC infrastructure who who own the the lines themselves, and it's all owned by ARC now because it was all yep, privatised yep, back in 2000, yep. we've really got to have a shake-up here. What do ARC actually do for Tier 3? What are they actually doing for regional WA apart from looking after the cargo lines? Because last time I checked, our commodities are all cargo, which means they're all fit for purpose, and I believe that Safiotti needs to... Be asked the question, what are we doing about it? So, Pollies, here's your chance to ask, some, ask another round of hard questions in Parliament. Two weeks to go. Let's try and get some results moving forward, because at this point in time, Tier 3 is going to go another 12 months without anything, and Rita Safiotti gets to keep her position with no real accountability.
0: Anything else you're hearing along the grapevine while you're out and about, mate?
1: Oh, look, the rain, rain can go away. Come back another day. I don't think there's going to be two um, around this week, is it? No, this week's actually looking quite nice. Yeah, it so is, yeah. Moisture levels uh, will continue to hang around until probably mid late morning. Yeah. So, for, I think for the most part, anyone sitting on a header or looking to sit on a header, yeah. it's going to be a 10 or 11 o'clock start before they really get going. But what it might allow people to do is push further into the night. So, we might be seeing a 10 till 10 or a you know, a 10 or midnight kind of stint on headers um, yeah. before moisture starts to creep up again. But look, if you're in the header, you're sitting on chaser bin or you're the gopher, the rousey around the farm, just mm. take it easy. Yeah. And for more, more importantly for our truckies, just take it easy on the road, yeah. lads. The grain will still get there. The CBH has still got a bit of a problem to deal with from last year. So I don't think they're in any major rush to receive stuff this year.
0: And I think they're going to have problems for the next... Few years really aren't they, mate?
1: Yeah, like going forward, going forward, yeah. they're saying that the hangover from the last two years of let's call it COVID the hangover is going to be here till 2025, 2026 before we start having empty bunkers and empty starts. So we can actually see that happen before 2030. No, that number has been thrown around by CBH, so let's just see how we go. I think it's just a matter of wait and see, and a bit of patience is what is required. by on
0: all counts. All right, so there you go. So uh summer crops and uh, tier three row. Yes, wonder what will uh, certainly happen with that. Mate, uh, take care if you're out and about this week and we'll chat to you again next Monday. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, listeners. Have a great week and please stay safe.
1: The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you and other goods and services may be available.
0: So I'm on Rural Focus this morning to find out and see how things went yesterday. A part of the Moucher cattle sale from nutrient livestock Craig Walker, good morning. G'day mate, how are you this morning? Not too bad, uh, looks like it's going to be uh, a warm one mate, so nice for you to get the tank top out today mate.
2: Yeah, well there's an image I want to put in your head mate, no. I don't know if you've been watching uh, Kath and Kim, <laughs> no. I reckon I'd look like Kel, <laughs> walking along there in the little shorts and the singlet, it'll look just the shot eh? Uh, is this thing on? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> not.
0: <laughs> That's not an image I really want, but
2: anyway, how did we go at Mucho Show yesterday mate? Yeah, mate, uh, it was a bigger yarding. There was uh, 2,235 head that were yarded for sale in Mushoi, and that included about 140 vealers that were in in the market as well. We do see, if we have a look at uh, some of our uh, younger local steers in the two to 300 kilo category, those steers sold pretty well. They sold from uh, to a top of $5.70 with uh, some of the inferior types and uh, poorly bred cattle as low as $2.30. In the steers, 300 to 400 kilos, we did see a bit more activity there and our value is pretty consistent. Consistently between $5.30 and $5.60 a kilo. Uh, in the heifer market, we saw uh, local heifers. We saw that those sold pretty consistently between $4.70 and $5.78. Uh, the three to 400 kilo heifers, they were selling pretty regularly between $4.40 and $4.80. Pastoral, a little lightweight steers. Uh, Depending on quality and colour and uh, how they presented, we did see the two to three hundred kilo little overweight steers selling from two twenty to four dollars a kilo, and the three to four hundred kilo steers selling at three dollars to three dollars and twenty. In the heifer market, we saw similar values to uh, the steer market. There, we're seeing that they did sell between one ninety five and three dollars and eighty, and the three to four hundred kilos they sold at two dollars and ninety to three dollars and twenty five. Heavyweight steers above four hundred kilos they sold from two to 440 and uh, heavyweight heifers, similar weights, sold from 320 to 410. In the cow market we saw a slight correction in the market there was quite a number of cows that were presented we did see some cows that were above 500 kilos, they sold from 270 to 298 uh, for your better cutting cows medium weight cows, four to 500 kilos they sold from 250 to 280 and live weight cows depending on age sold as low as 150 and they were for your older plain a lightweight cow down around 300 kilos live weight to your better stores at uh, $2.20 and we did see See some little local bulls suitable for live shipping. Uh, they they topped out at five dollars a kilo, but most sales sitting between three eighty and four eighty a kilo. So all in all, we have seen a bit of a correction. It was a bigger sale, and we have got a few sales on this week all through the state, and um, another one that's heading up on Friday with our store sale. What time is the store sale on Friday, mate? Yeah, we've got about uh, twenty four hundred cattle that are nominated for the sale on Friday. A mixture, a good mixture of local cattle and uh, lightweight pastorals that are coming in. Some really really well bred cattle that'll be presented for sale good drought masters and very very good sanders as well as some good blacks and greys sale starts as it always does on like 10 o'clock interfaces with auctions plus so get involved and have a look and um, yeah there's some really good fresh young cattle ideal for people to buy and some young calves there as low as 150 kilos so yeah get along and have a look uh, how many more sales here at Show, mate before the end of the end of the year yeah, we've got one more. Um, we've still got our normal trade yep. sales. We've yep. still got about another four to go, I think. And uh, we've got the next special sale will be round about the, the 12th, just depending on numbers and where we, we see it. There are quite a lot of sales that are coming up mm. between now and Christmas through the state. I think by Friday rolls around, I think WA would have sold 10,000 cattle this week. So it's uh, not a bad yarding, but when you put it into perspective with uh, Roma and places like mm. that out of Queensland, they sell seven to 8,000 a week. So pretty Consistently, I know populations are different than that, but sort of puts it into uh, perspective a little bit when we get carried away with how many we're selling. Uh, is there still plenty of buyers around at this time of year, mate? Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's a bit of inquiry around yeah. through the east. Um, there's some local fellas, uh, feed lotters. Even though the, some of them are getting full, um, uh, there is a bit of a bottleneck, and that, that's why you see some of the slight mm-hmm. corrections at the moment. Uh, but that, that'll all clear itself. You know, like we were expected to get this bottleneck. It always happens. It's yeah. a regular thing that happens. We did We see the market dip off at different times through the year. We haven't had many major corrections. We had one about uh, six or eight weeks ago where the cow job dropped about 80, 90 cents, um, but then it slowly turned around and regained those losses again with supply and demand, and that's the biggest driver that we have, is supply and demand Australian dollar. You go into the local supermarket, you won't see a lot of red meat actually in the supermarkets at the moment, so yeah, it's an interesting time ahead. I, yeah. I know that some pessimists and some analysts in the, in the industry are saying we're in for a major correction, but I slightly disagree with uh, their assumption on it. I don't think it's going to be as bad as what some so- some are saying, but I do believe that there may be a slight correction, but it always does. It's supply and demand. When you've got a big supply yeah. and demand is where it is, you do see an oversupply and bit of a bottleneck and and things come off a bit, but um, it all turns itself around. The cattle job looks good. If we get rain in the US, where they've had a massive cow cull and a massive sell-off for young cattle, if there's a rain there, that will stop overnight. And it may take a little while to clear that backlog of manufacturing cattle. That will then open up, because they're going to want to rebuild their US herd again, because it's been absolutely decimated with drought all this year. So when it rains there, that's going to have a massive bearing on what we're doing. And we don't know what impact this rain on the eastern states has had. I know it's affected more cropping areas mm. than what it has grazing. Yeah, you know, When you have a look at country and like hay and all that sort of stuff and it's all underwater it actually looks like the tides come in yeah. and people, people are skiing on paddocks. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen yeah, yeah. in the new year. You yeah. don't know if they're going to put crops in, whether or not uh, infrastructure is ruined or they're going to run cattle. Uh, grass will grow because it's too wet to get on for machinery. So that's still a, a little bit up in the air and people don't know what's going going. going to happen there. But don't bank your hat on that one because, as I say, that's predominantly in the cropping areas. Demand is demand and doesn't matter if it comes from the East Coast uh, or the US or wherever it is, it all has an impact majorly on our WA market. Yeah, most certainly does. Well, all right, mate. Uh, I know you've got
0: uh, things to do there at Mushe. Thanks for your time this morning. We'll do it all again next week, mate. Always a pleasure,
2: mate, and I'll uh, be glad to let you know how the sale goes on Friday.
1: The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you and other goods and services may be available.
0: Time right now to catch in with one of the general board members in Women in Farming, the lovely Laura Carlin, has joined us this morning. Laura, good morning there to You.
3: Hi Troy, how are you going? Not so bad lovely to
0: be here. Uh, you're probably uh, busy, busy, busy. Uh, of course, you're. Uh, well, you live in Narambine, so the farm's probably uh, in harvest mode at the moment.
3: Oh look, we are. It's a nice time to be around. As I sort of mentioned to you earlier before we we certainly started two weeks ago, but I don't think we've been <laughs> on the ground for more than fifty percent of that, which is good. Fortunately, not a lot of damage, so nowhere. We're trying to get the crop, crop off the ground. But no, I think it's going to be another exciting year.
0: Absolutely. What's happening with the team at Women in Farming?
3: Oh, uh, We've got so many exciting things that have sort of happened over the last few months. I do want to do a special shout out to our sponsors who have renewed. We've had Safe Farms, Elders and Great Southern might renew, which is fantastic. And um, we so appreciate um, our sponsors. They are such a... Massive part of everything we do and how we operate. We have our amazing Facebook photo competition at the moment. There's a lot of excitement around that on social media, including Instagram. We've had women send through their women in a farming thing photos and we've had some absolute rippers come through. Even from the extent of having someone set up a portable coffee machine on the side <laughs> of the truck. I, I joked with the others there that I don't know if I'd be showing my partner that. Otherwise, <laughs> we're sort of... Putting putting things to a new um to a new extreme. So that competition closes on the thirtieth of November. So for those that haven't entered yet, we, we certainly encourage those to send their photos in. We've had nearly two hundred and fifty photos wow. submitted. So Fantastic. judging for that's going to be exciting. But I think it's it's so cool just to see what everybody yeah, else absolutely. does out on their farm. Yeah, so, absolutely.
2: Yep. Yeah, no, yep. that's
3: been really good. Um, we've had our Farm Safe online working group. We've got um, Julie from FarmSafe. She's working with a group of women. Um, we've got our next one on the 30th of November and we're going through brain movement and storage, the storage section on the agricultural safety and health checklist. So that's obviously a big key word at the moment, everyone getting on top of their, their safety. So it's amazing to have the opportunity that we are able able to, to give our members. So that's just one of our great initiatives. In terms of branches at the moment, um we've had a lot of NDC wind ups and Cranbrook ended up doing a Melbourne Cup and a wind-up together. They had 18 people attend. Boy Up Brook did a um, a Christmas wind-up focusing on health and well-being. And Wagen even, they did their wind-up at Akin wine. So there's been a lot of like, lovely functions right before harvest, which has been really nice to see. And Cogen Ko, um, Up, actually, they had a Safe Arms WA session on staff and contractor inductions. And I think, you know, just broadly speaking, that's what's so great about the community that we have is. You've got everything from just being able to interact with those in your community to sort of collectively learning about what we need to keep on top of as as women in business. For the ladies
0: out there, are they able to start a branch in their neck of the woods if they haven't got one?
3: look I'm always open to, yeah. to new possibilities yep. certainly send something through we we do have our loans membership which is effectively all run online yep. um, they have a, a fantastic group of women they they there for that purpose of if if there isn't a branch in their area mm. that they jump they jump on board that but we are certainly always looking for new branches to start so as I said it's always it's the networking on a broader scale, not only within branch, is fantastic. And I know seeing a city girl coming to the to the country, it's, it's just been a game changer for me. And <laughs> I'm just so fortunate to, to be involved.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, busy time of the year. Do you get to have a bit of a break or is it just go, go, go?
3: For me personally, I'm still go, go, go. I think we're, I, I think we're going to all be lucky to yeah. finish Harvest by yeah. Christmas, to be honest. But I know that there, um, things will ramp up again towards the end of January but I know I think there's a few of us hoping to get a few weeks off in January so that will be
0: nice. Yes, very nice Mm. as well. Now if people are wanting to know more with Women in Farming what's the best way there Laura?
3: Well, uh, Head straight to our Facebook page or our Instagram. can obviously jump on the website. We've got um, a fantastic website with lots of resources which go more into what we do and what our branches are doing and our branches contact. So certainly have a look on there. Facebook obviously and our social media channels always have everything that's happening as it's happening but we certainly you know, always welcome new members to join and we'd always love like to hear from
0: them. General board member with Women in Farming, Laura Carla. Laura, good luck with the harvest. Uh, good luck uh, going forward and uh, thanks for joining us on Rural Focus. Thanks
3: so much for having me. No,
0: thank you for being a part of the Rural Focus podcast this morning, Laura. Yeah, there she is, Laura Carla from the Women in Farming. Busy, busy times, not just for the blokes but also for the wonderful ladies not just the agricultural sector, but the agribusiness sector or the horticultural sector. They do do wonderful things, not just here in WA, but right around Australia and, well, right around the world. Hey, that is it for today's Rural Focus podcast. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast today. I'm Troy Stockton. I'll be back with another Rural Focus podcast right here on the Listener app again very soon.